0: goodness all right well we didn't want to sing that song anyway okay that wasn't any good song wasn't any good i told her not to play it so uh (laughs) uh, that's okay uh let's see let's see let's see uh jerry start us off please with a prayer thank you bud Thank you, thank you, thank you. Title of the message is Jesus Emmanuel, and it's not really a Christmas mu- uh, message, but during the month of December, we have looked at, have we not, Jesus, and we spent a lot of time on him. We spent a lot of time in Isaiah nine six, where we talked about the, some of the names or the descriptions of Jesus, and, and just to remind you uh, uh, what I, Isaiah said about our Lord and Savior, he is number one, a wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Messiah. Then last week in song we looked at Jesus was the reason for the season. And and this week we're going to look at, uh, as we finish up December uh, in our series, Jesus, Emmanuel. In the Bible, the word Emmanuel means God with us or God is with us, okay? And it's used three times in the Bible. That's the only, only times it's used is three times. It's used in Matthew 1.23. It's used in, Ma- in Isaiah 8.8. 8. And it's also used in Isaiah 7.14. And, and that's kind of the, where I want to go with this today. The message is Isaiah 7.14. Because in that verse it, it says a couple of things. It says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with a child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Just the first part of that, I'm going to spend just a minute or two on there. Because the first part of that verse uh, is the verse that trips up the Jewish people. Because the first part of that verse says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The Jews have always been looking for this sign. The Jews have not accepted Christ as the Messiah because the Jews have always been from the beginning of time looking for someone who will come in and be a strong, arrogant, pride, military kind of a guy who will bring peace to their land, who will bring protection to them And that they would no longer have to worry about any kind of enemies. That he would set up an earthly kingdom here and he would rule and reign here on this earth. And protect the children of Israel forever and forever. And of course we know that that really didn't happen for the Jews. Because you see when Jesus came he didn't set up an earthly kingdom did he? He set up a spiritual kingdom. A kingdom that was set up to protect protect, and to guide us. A kingdom that says, I will give you eternal life. I will give you eternal peace. I will give you eternal salvation. I will give you eternal security. Which is more, which is more better. <laughs> An earthly kingdom that would last for 70, 80, 90, 100 years, maybe even 200 years. Or a spiritual eternal kingdom that will last for millions and millions and millions of years. You see, Jesus came in order to set up a spiritual kingdom and not an earthly kingdom. So you see, the Jews have kind of missed that point through the years. And hopefully one day, and the Bible says one day they will, they will recognize their error of their ways and they will come back to Jesus and make Jesus his Messiah. But the second part of that verse is, is where I want to land today. The part about, about Emmanuel, that he, she will be with child and have a son, and he will be called Emmanuel. And in Matthew 1.21, it, call, it tells us the purpose of Emmanuel, God with us. To save his people from their sins. I mean, that's his, that, that's his mission, to save us from our sins. So the question is, I guess this little baby born in poverty born in bethlehem a extremely poor town that had nothing a baby that was placed in a manger had placed swaddling clothes around him to keep him warm is 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 that baby really god is the question is that baby Really, God. And through the years and, and time and, and thousands of years past, there's been many skeptics, has there not, that have said, no, that, that is not possible. That holy God, who created the heavens and the earth, who controls the wind and the rain, and, and for my liberal friends, he also controls the climate, okay? Okay. Why would a holy God leave perfection of heaven and come down on this sin sick world to live? To be ridiculed, to be mocked, to be made fun of, to be given a crown of thorns and to suffer and to die? Why would holy God ever say that's my plan? For my people, and you can see in your mind. I mean, a skeptic. I mean, they, uh, they, yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, even Jesus kind of, kind of even alluded to that. Uh, you remember the story that he was he was talking to the disciples and visiting with them, and he and he makes this statement. He goes, or this question. He goes, "Who do the people say that I am? I mean, who do they say that I am?" Well, you know, some say, Well, yeah, I've heard I've heard Jesus that some say you're you're John the Baptist has come back, okay? Or you're Elijah back in the day, or you're some great prophet or some great teacher, and then that's that's a lot of people think that's who you are, and I would suggest even today people think the same thing. But as the conversation went further and further, Peter comes up with an answer. And he says, You are The Son of the Living God. Good answer, Peter. Because that's who this Jesus is that we've come to worship today. He is the Son of the Living God. He really is God in the flesh. What kind of proof do we have about that? How can I prove that to you? That Jesus really is God. Because in a lot of places today, in a lot of churches today, in a lot of denominations today, they won't make that statement that Jesus is God. They're not going to say that. They don't believe it. not going to say it. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is God. God. Okay? If you don't want to agree with that, that's okay. You'll just have to deal with it because that's what you're going to hear today. (laughs) Jesus is God. Okay? How do I know? What's the proof? Well, Jesus, number one, claimed... To be God. Did you know that? In John 10:30, he says this: I and the Father are one. What's he saying? He says, I am God. Yes, I am God. I am deity. Yeah, I'm deity. Yes, I have the very same nature and the very same characteristics that God the Father has. I am God. Colossians 2:9, it says, In Christ, all the fullness. Of the deity dwells in bodily form. You see, the fullness of deity dwells within Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. On the night of his crucifixion and his arrest, Peter said, he said, Jesus said, show us the Father. Show us the Father and that will be just enough. We just want to see a picture of God the Father. And we'll be happy. (laughs) And Jesus said what? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. When you hear my words, Jesus said, that is the Father. When you see my works, he says, that is the Father. In John 14.10, he says this. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative. But the Father abiding in me does his works. See, you understand that that if your Bible has stuff written in red, that's the words of Jesus. And that's the words of holy God. The words Jesus speaks are the words from holy God. You see, when we see the miracles of Jesus, as he healed the lame and opened the eyes of the blind and he he caused the deaf to hear, we say Jesus did all those miracles. Those miracles are a picture of holy God. When Jesus is in a boat asleep, And the world around him is in the storms and the boat is being tossed and the disciples are going berserk. What's going on? And Jesus speaks the word he calms the sea. Jesus did that, yeah, but that is a miracle of God. That is God's character. When he raised Lazarus from the dead... Miracle from Jesus, yeah, but that's the work of God. We see God's character there because one day he's going to raise every person in this room and around the world. He's going to raise them up one of these days. He's going to speak and, he's gonna, and, the, and the, the righteous will come forth one day at that great rapture. And then another day, a few years past that, we're going to see another judgment, another getting up for those who have rejected Christ. You see, the things and the miracles that Jesus performed are the works of God. Because he has the very same nature and the very same character. And he speaks what God tells him to speak. You see, it's important when we're reading the word and we're reading the red. <laughs> it is God's word to us through his son, Jesus Christ. In John fourteen seven, Jesus says this. If you had, not, if you had known me, Jesus you would have known my father also. From now on, you know him, and you have seen him. Jesus said, you know me, you've seen the father. In John 8, 58, he says this, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was born, I am. I am. See, what that referring to is back in Exodus when, when Moses was trying to make up all of his excuses why he couldn't go talk to the Pharaoh to bring the people out of Egypt. And he has this long list of excuses. And, and the very first one that he gives to the Lord, he goes, well, if I go do this now, God, now, if I go do this, do what you want me to do, who am I supposed to say has sent me? I've got to have some backing here. And God said, tell them, I am who I am. I am the great, I am God was declaring that he is God and he is deity. And when Jesus spoke those words right there, and he declared himself God and he declared himself deity when he spoke those words. Before Abraham was ever born, I am, he said. And the Pharisees and, and, and the scribes and all those folks that thought they were religious and knew the law shocked and were accusing him of blasphemy, And they picked up rocks to stone him. And the Bible says he got away from that point. God was protecting him. But it was blasphemy to them. But to us, I say it is the truth. It is the truth. Jesus claimed that he was God. Jesus is God in the flesh. Second thing that we know that that Jesus is God is because his followers said so. The ones who were the closest ones to Jesus says He is God. In the book of John 1.1, it says this, and John's the apostle, that great writer. And he says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word is Jesus. And the Word was with God. Jesus was with God. And then that next verse, and the Word was God. Verse 14 And the Word became flesh. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. Do you understand what He was saying there? Before the beginning of time, before Genesis 1-1 was ever brought into effect, Jesus was already there. He was there before there was a there. Did you understand that? He is the Alpha. He is the very beginning. Whenever there started... He was there. And Jesus is the Omega. He will be there at the end of the end of the end that has no end. He is our everlasting Father, is he not? He is our eternal Father. Jesus will be there at the beginning. He will be there at the end. He will be our everlasting Father for a million times a million eternity years. Yes, he is He is God. I thought about Thomas, that great disciple who who uh, uh, was not present when Jesus came to, the, came to meet up with the disciples. He, he was, I don't know where he was at, but he, he wasn't there. And, and the disciples were so excited. They go, Thomas, we just saw him. We just saw the Messiah. He's alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get excited, Thomas. He's alive. And what does Thomas go? Nah. I don't know. I don't know. Until I see the imprint on his hand, until I put my finger in that imprint, until I put my hand on his side where they stuck him with the spear, I'm not gonna believe it. I gotta see it before I believe it. Or I believe it before I see it, however you wanna say it. (laughs) And we find the Bible tells us eight days later, eight days later, Jesus Appears to Thomas Doubting Thomas is what everybody calls him And he appears to him and, and, and what does Thomas do? He puts a finger right there He puts his hand right there And he says oh my God And my Savior You see Thomas understood who Jesus was Jesus was his God And his Savior In the book of Titus in 2.13 Titus encourages us to look for that blessed hope. The blessed hope is rapture time. He said, look for that blessed hope and look for that glorious appearing, which is Jesus coming back in the clouds, riding a white horse. And he says, look for that for our great God and our Lord and Savior. See, uh, Titus even said, be looking for the God of our Lord and Savior. Yeah, Jesus is truly God. The writer of Hebrew says this in Hebrews 1.8. He says, God the Father declares that Jesus is God. Even God the Father declares it. And he says this in Hebrews 1.8. But of the Son of God says, Your throne, O God, is forever and forever. Even God the Father says that Jesus is God. In Revelation 19, the apostle John, again, that great revelator, he has had this vision and he sees in the marriage supper of the Lamb. And after the marriage supper of the Lamb, an angel came to him. An angel came to him and, and, and John falls down on his knees to worship this angel. And the angel does what? Said, "No, no, no. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. You're not going to worship me. Worship only God." Over and over in the New Testament, we see people worshipping Jesus. We see them being worshipped because of who he is. And and if and and we see that Jesus never Rebuked those people, never stopped those people from worshiping him. Because you see, like John found out in 1910 of Revelation, we're to worship God. If Jesus had not been God, he would have told them so, would he not? He would have told them, don't worship me, worship the Father. But he never did that. Because you see, Jesus is God. Jesus is God in the flesh. I'm so thankful that his followers declared him God. But the most important thing I think about why we why Jesus is God is salvation. <laughs> because you see if, if Jesus was not God and he went and died on the cross for our sins but he wasn't a God that sacrifice would be worthless. You see, a created being can never pay the infinite price that an infinite God requires for their sins. That, that ain't going to happen. God is the only one that can forgive sins. you understand that? God is the only one that can give forgiveness because of the way you and I have lived. He's the only one that can grant eternal life. And because of His death and His resurrection, Christ now has defeated sin and give us victory over death, has He not? And, and Jesus being God is the only one that could ever do that. Without Jesus being God, it tells us in, in 1 Corinthians 15, He says, you know, if, if He's not resurrected, if He's not God, you're, the preaching is in vain, <laughs> okay? The teaching is in vain. Your life is in vain, coming to church is in vain you are a people of no hope it says in those verses and you are to be a a people most pitied if Jesus is not resurrected from the grave if Jesus is not God but he is is he not so our preaching is faith our life is faith our salvation is true our life is not hopeless we have hope for eternity because of Jesus being our God Jesus declared himself as God his followers declared he's God and without Jesus being God our salvation is worthless aren't you glad he is God in the flesh Jesus Emmanuel God with us he's not a partial reflection of God he is the total being of God living here on this earth Jesus, Emmanuel, left his home in glory, did he not? To come down here to live amongst us. To experience life. To experience the trials of life, the struggles of life, the persecutions of life, the joys of life, the good of life, the bad, and the ugly of life. He came and left heaven for that. So that he could experience that. So he can now relate to what we are experiencing here on this earth. He has seen sin. He knows what sin can do. And He is there to save us from our sins. Jesus Emmanuel, God with us, wants to do that. Jesus Emmanuel is our Savior. He came to save us from our sins. And when we accept Him as Lord and Savior, guess what? He forgives us. He cleanses us. He gives us peace with God. And he gives us the peace of God because he is Emmanuel. He is Jesus with us. Jesus Emmanuel says, I will be with you forever and forever. I will never forsake you, nor I will ever fail you. I will be with you to the end of the age. That's pretty cool. You see, because he is saying that, I'm with you now, Christian. I am with you now. I am near, I see, I know, and I hear everything about you. I'm here, and I'll never fail you. Well, I, but, but God, I have failed you. I have sinned, I've done. Failure's never final with God. Failure's never final with God. His arms are open wide. Come to me. <laughs> Come to me. Come to me. Come to me, he says, and I will give you rest. All who are heavy laden and burdened, I will give you rest. He said, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. (laughs) Yeah, you done messed up? Yeah, we all have. He didn't say, I'm going to pound you in the head. I'm not going to hit you in the face. I'm not going to put my wrath upon you. I'm going to put my arms around you. And I'm just going to love on you. And when you come with a humble and a contrite heart, that's all he wants. And he'll say, I'll forgive you, and I'll cleanse you. And I'll take that sin and put him as far as the east is from the west. Never the more to be dealt with from you. I am so glad that Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus being Emmanuel tells me that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Romans 8, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present or things to come, no powers, no height, no depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate you from the love of God, which is through Christ Jesus. Because He is Emmanuel, because He is with us. Nothing will ever separate you and Him from His love, no matter what. I don't know about you, but that's good news. That's good news because even if we kick it and we sin and we go about our business in the wrong direction, nothing can separate you and I from the love of God. And why is that? Because He is Emmanuel. He is God with us because you see he understands and he knows and he's experienced he knows that we're human and he says come to me come to me one final point and I'll be done Emmanuel says God is with us one other point I want you to get God is in us God is in us Christ is in us. Galatians two twenty. Galatians two twenty. For I've been crucified with Christ. It is not I who live, but Christ lives Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God, who loves me and gave himself up for me. Galatians two twenty. It is not I who live, but Christ lives in me, believer. Yeah, He is with us, Emmanuel. But He's also in us if we've ever asked Him to come live in our hearts. If you've never done that, I would suggest that you need to do that today. Jesus, 100% man, 100% God, dwells among us. Still dwells among us today. Aren't you glad that He is truly... God in the flesh, I hope this month has been a uh, a, a month that has uh, encouraged you uh, to reflect on who Jesus is. That was the whole point of the of this series is to talk about Jesus and to sing about Jesus, okay And just to remind you, he really is that wonderful counselor. When you need to know something, when you need some advice and you need a direction, He is that wonderful counselor. He'll point you in the right direction. When you need to see a miracle of some sort, He is that mighty God that wants to show you how powerful He is and what He can do for you. He is that eternal Father, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. He'll be with us forever. And forever he is the prince of peace because of him because of him we have peace with God the wrath of God is no longer upon us when we accept him as Lord and Savior and when life gets hard as a believer we have the peace of God we get to tap into that he wants to give that to us what a mighty God that we serve he is Messiah the long-awaited one who God sent to this earth to save his people from his sin and then last but not least he is Emmanuel God with us God walking amongst us God in us every day <clears throat> I hope you have a new uh, passion for the Lord I don't think we can love him enough love him enough of what he did on that cross for us what he did on that cross for us he didn't have to do it he, didn't have to, he could have called 10,000 legions of angels, could he not? But he loved you and I so much. He said, no, nope. I'm going to attach myself to this place. <laughs> and I'm going to die so that you can live forever and forever. Jesus truly is Emmanuel, God with us. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we begin imitation time. I guess I've got one question for you. Do you know him? (laughs) Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Do you know who he is? If you don't, today a good day to to get to know him. If you don't, the message really probably didn't mean anything to you. Jesus says, arms are open wide. He says, come. Come, and I will give you eternal life. Come, I will restore the joy of your salvation. Come, I will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. He just says, come. And that's what I'm going to say. Come to him today. As the piano plays, you do business with holy God. something about that name of Jesus. close our service today, I'm going to ask you to stand. Please stand. And, and I want to sing one verse of that song that she's playing. Let's sing it out as a time of a praise and a worship.
1: There's just something about
0: for today. Father, we thank you for there's just something about that name of Jesus, Father. Father, I thank you that he willingly went to the cross to die for my sin, allowing me to have an opportunity to live with him forever. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for all the titles that you've been given to him. And Father, I pray for this church. I pray every member of this church will fall more in love with Jesus this next year fall more in love with him, to want to know more about him, to want to be more obedient to him, to be more surrendered to him, Father, with their lives. And, God, you just want us to do that. And, Father, we thank you for the fact that your arms are open wide any time that we need to come to you. Father, we praise the name of Jesus today. In your name I ask these things. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Have a great week.